So are you a business owner or are you thinking of starting a business soon? Okay, it's challenging. It puts financial stress on your family. It gobbles up all your time. And you don't have a boss to yell at you in in the morning, unless, of course, you're working with your spouse. Uh, We are going to be talking small businesses, how to make sure that you increase the chances of making these succeed, and how to not make it have such a big impact on your family. Coming up next on The Matt Townsend Show, right after the news. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Former Arizona Congressman Gabrielle Giffords stood and faced her would-be assassin in federal court today as he was sentenced to life in prison. 24-year-old Jared Loeffner is a college dropout with a history of psychiatric disorders. He killed six people and wounded 13 others in an attempt to kill then-Congresswoman Giffords. He received seven consecutive life sentences as well as 140 more years, avoiding the death penalty as part of a plea deal. Gifford's husband addressed Loeffner, telling him that he had failed in his attempt to extinguish the beauty of life. Calls of congratulations from world leaders are pouring in to President Barack Obama's office after his victory in this year's election. He has spoken to the Saudi King Abdullah, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as Egypt's President Mohamed Morsi. Many European leaders have also reached out to congratulate the president, including the German Chancellor, the British Prime Minister, and the French President. Leaders from countries in the Western Hemisphere like Canada, Colombia, and Brazil have also wished President Obama well. If Sandy wasn't enough of a problem last week, the northeastern United States are now once again trying to dig their way out of the aftermath from a powerful weather cycle. A nor'easter has been hounding some of the areas hit hardest by Hurricane Sandy, bringing more high winds and freezing temperatures. 60,000 more customers were added to the over 600,000 people still with no power, which is becoming more and more of an issue as cold winter weather continues to set in. Coastal regions are once again expected to see flooding, this time up to three feet, and areas that w- where people have finally been allowed to return to their homes are once again under evacuation orders. The rest of the country has known which presidential candidate got their state's electoral college votes for days, but Florida has been lagging behind. The Sunshine State had such a close race that it has come down to absentee and provisional ballots, leaving poll workers to poll all-nighters to finally be able to say which way the vote will go. Of course, by this point, we already know that President Barack Obama has won re-election, so it won't make much difference on a national scale. But some very tight local elections are still without winners. Election officials now say they will have all the votes counted and will be able to declare winners by tomorrow morning. You are listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on our program to help you and yours live healthier, happier lives. And uh, so welcome to the program. Oh, we have such new energy. New life. No politics. No more politics. No, this is the this is the, uh, the apolitical talk show. 
never bringing up politics again for apparently four more years. And uh, But we are going to bring up tools, ideas, skills, everything you need to make it through this crazy thing we call life. And I've got my team here, my gang, my gang of peeps, my peepers, my homies. Okay. Uh, they're all here, and we've all got some news for you. We call this the human news. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly of being human. This is the good stuff that's happening, maybe stuff you might want to watch out for. And uh, guys, what gals, what have you got? So I think Australia is universally known as the most dangerous country in the world. Like, Well, that's where all the criminals used to be sent. No. The penal colony. Well, it was. How on earth could it be the most dangerous? It sounds absolutely it's like a... All the wildlife British there. British meets America. No, no. Apparently, all Except the wildlife hot. there can easily murder you. Oh, kangaroos, man! They will kick a Don't hole in you. Don't ever trust a kangaroo. Don't. I lost my wallet to a kangaroo. The bugs there, giant. They have no problem eating faces. Okay, <laughs> face eating bugs. Right? Yeah, but America, Kid we does platypuses. Yes. Get you. Hey, do you know platypus has claws and they're poisonous? Didn't yeah. know that, did you? America Poison has platypus. alligators and bears. Oh my! It's not like we're safe yeah. here. Okay, we also still. have Snooky. That's, that's terrifying. They don't have snooze. I don't know about dangerous, but definitely terrifying. <laughs> and I don't know if she's dangerous. But okay, you would think you would think that Australians would would invent you know tons of safety equipment and yeah. or animal killing devices. Mace, tasers. I don't know. No. I mean, they outlawed guns. I don't know if that's a great plan when everything there can kill you. Just my thought. That's Just good, my thought. That's a great thought. Um, but they've actually invented some really cool stuff. What? Hey Matt, do you ever use Wi-Fi? Twice daily. Twice. Daily. Yep. You should probably brush a little more often. Than <laughs> how that. do you kill a wild animal with Wi Fi? Don't ask. You questions. don't. You, but you can learn how to build it. a weapon right? with Wi Fi. Anyways. They uh, invented Wi Fi? Uh, what's his name? John O'Sullivan. Uh, O'Sullivan. He, he was one of the guys. Sounds who, Irish. Yeah. Right? He's the Irish. Or Australian. the black box in airplanes. Did they invent that? The okay. Australians invented that too, huh? Yeah. How come um, they don't make the entire plane out of the same material as the black box? Yeah, it's too expensive. Uh, no, I okay. think that would be rather expensive. Then you wouldn't need it. And then we wouldn't be able to see planes at night. <laughs> uh, also, the cochlear implant. Yes. Which Very critical. Is, by the way, Skyboy's dad, that's what got Skyboy right. to college. So, really, you're grateful for Australia. Very Your dad okay. would be up in the poorhouse without it. Now, not to be, not to be weird, but uh, dual flush toilets... Hold on. So Is that's, one flush not enough? Apparently, Are those those kind recently where there's not enough water in the tank so you have to flush it twice to make it work? No. It's, okay. No. I think it has like it two, has two like, jets. jets. Don't want to get gross, but that's yeah. awesome. Okay. Well, honestly, um, those startle me. <laughs> well, we're not talking about the ones that like depressurize the yeah. room. The one like if you're those sitting on it, me. you get sucked down into never. You flush that, you feel like, you know, if you're... If your oh, hair's a little like, like, <laughs> yeah. goes past you and it's okay. Those okay. are scary. Good point. Good. Okay. Or uh, the super sopper roller. Have you heard of this? I didn't hear about no. this. No. I read Some, this. Is that, it's it, a roller that sops up. Essentially, it's a it's a it's a big like paint. What is it? Paint roller. Paint roller. Giant one like the size of a steamroller. Uh, okay. Whoa. Designed for like sports fields. So when the field oh, gets cool. wet, it's get, kind of cool. Oh, it's like the Zamboni. Yes. yes. It's the Zamboni so it goes out there for a rainstorm. For the, the football roller. pitch or yeah. whatever it's called. Uh, we'll call it Australian Rules Football because that's probably the most yeah. fun thing you can watch on TV. What else? I like oh, that. Oh, and uh, Super plastic banknotes. Credit cards? I guess like money. That's plastic. They're Me- the first Nagel ones to Tender, do that. cash. Yeah. yeah. Hold that? on. Okay. Credit card? No, no, no. Like 
Well, like their money? money? It's your Australian dollar fibers. bill is apparently made out of plastic? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. There's a guy recently who uh, wanted to hire, store his money in his oven. And then I don't know if I don't know oh. if he had a wife or a girlfriend or he oh, he got one afterwards and she oven. was like, oh, I think I'll just turn on the oven. Oh, his important documents are all being burned up. That's interesting. That's well, bachelor problems. Well, it wouldn't help you to have it plastic, though, because you just have a glob of cash at the bottom of your oven. Right. But you could probably weigh your glob and know what yeah, it was right, worth. Right. Who knows how much it's cooked like out? It's like gold, almost. It's like gold. It's like that gold. is a cool deal. So they're not they 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 got their stuff right. Together. Their their country may be terrifying, and I'm pretty sure I'd die if I went there. But you'd probably be poisoned by a platypus, right? Something you'd would think that it was an otter. Exactly. Yeah, you'd I'd want to go give it a hug, and there'd be some platypus <laughs> and chomping it would on your me. neck. <laughs> right? That's scary. I feel. But high five to them. They found think... time to invent Kudos. wonderful things. Well, let's go a little Crocodile Dundee here and go to New York City. Okay. And he's going to pull out a long knife. So New Jersey already has gas rationing. Yes, they're in trouble there. Because a week after the storm, they're still having problems with the just distribution of uh, refined fuel. And now it's sounding like uh, New York City and Long Island are going to join them. Oh, Turns really? out the NBC affiliate in New York had been hearing all along, all the media outlets have been hearing all along, that the problem is there was plenty of fuel down in the tanks – there just was an issue trying to get it, it pumped out of the ground at the gas stations. Well, now that the power's coming back on, these gas stations are still closed. Huh. So the guy, the There's reporter. There's water in the gas. The reporter uh, called and found out the gas isn't making it out to the stations through this really ingenious uh, pipeline network, so they don't have to truck the gas to, to oh. the stations. But the refinery, which also has plenty of gas, they say. And they said enough to fill everybody in New York's swimming pool full of gas. That was the actual wow. quote from the guy That's at the refinery. That's a lot of gas. Um, they have problems with the pumping system because it all fried oh, in the no. flood. Oh, yeah. And it's still weeks out to try to get that going So they again. have this super advanced system that is super broken. Yeah. So they have this super advanced solution. If your license plate has an even number as the final digit, you get to get gas on even days and an odd digit, odd days. <laughs> so New York City, Long Island, join New Jersey oh, and going geez. back to the 1970s. Isn't that weird? Aren't you glad? I don't even know if I'm an even or an odd. I, I have no idea. Wouldn't matter. Well, you know that frustration you feel trying to remember trash day? Yeah. It's it's kind of like day. that, except you can't get to work if you forget. Oh, geez, poor people. Well, uh, that's sad. But, you know, I've got something for you. What if I told you that if you just gargled with a little sugar water, you'd probably have more self-control? I'd say, no. what, a, what about, like, pure corn water, de- or I guess corn syrup? That's a little okay. thinner. Bryce, don't so drink gross. corn don't. syrup. How many times have I told you? Do not drink corn syrup. <laughs> that sounds really And gross. don't put your knife in the socket. Okay. I've told you, you those so. two things, but you're still drinking corn syrup. I don't know. <laughs> All the study was about was if... Uh, they did this test, okay, and um, the basic test was 51 students who performed two tasks to test self-control. The first task, which was has shown to deplete self-control, was the meticulous crossing out of E's on a page of statistics book, a page of a statistics book. Then the participants uh, participated in it again, but this time what they found out is if, if they put, have them gargle with a little sugar water, they actually were more able – to, to do the task that's hard to just crossing out all the E's. 
because they had had sugar water. What does that have to do with anything? Exactly. That's why they come up with sugar water. Well, because some guy was drinking a Coke. Sugar water. It's pretty much what it is. Brown sugar water. Or yeah, I I don't know that that's really what happened. But to me, the argue I think they're I don't know. They didn't say. They were just testing it. They gargled with sugar water and the other one it was lemonade with uh sweetened with sugar while performing the test and the other had lemonade sweetened with Splenda. And same lemonade just different sweeteners. One had sugar, one didn't and boom. No control group of people just having lemon water. No, they they did a control of people just having Coke. No, they didn't. But in the end, I think it's very clear that you should be able to drink all the sugar you want or you want, and you'll be fine. Well, that's kind of short-sighted. Well, I think you just need to. You're not a scientist, Rob. (laughs) Well, you could just say, like, oh, if you, like, get a Twinkie before you do something, then that will improve because the sugar is No, you need to have water with it. Oh, of course. And then slosh it around. Twinkie in a glass of water. (laughs) Twinkie in a glass of water. More self-control. Because it seems like sugar water would actually make you have less self-control. Like, do you remember yeah. when Skyboy eats Smarties right before the show? All the time. And he totally loses control and is bouncing all over the place. <laughs> remember how he took the Smarties away? And he's doing better. He's, so I disagree. He's well-behaved now. <laughs> well, he's also, you know, medicated. I ate all the Smarties. You didn't take them away. Did you eat the Smarties? I ate all of them. Are you well, sure I they snuck. were I Smarties? Huh? 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 <laughs> anyway, so uh, watch out for gargling sugar water. Well, now it's going to <laughs> Did you hear? We've got a little audience now. That was funny, though. That was funny. Uh, what have you got, young lady? Okay, so apparently there's this guy in England that um, he now has a bionic arm. They're saying it's like What's the, the deal with you in bionics? I don't know. I just think it's, it's really cool. It's your second bionic story in a row. She's, <laughs> she supports the robot uh, yeah. revolution that's going to happen eventually. I do. Are you going to be a robot? The overthrow of the human um, race. Watch out. I may just become the next Terminator. Because if you are a robot, <laughs> can you do something about the parking in the in the back lot? I will. I will move everyone around. There's no more parking. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got it. But pretty much this guy, it's a carbon fiber mechanical arm, and the hand's made from aluminum. But yeah, he can... Uh, so he hasn't had an arm for six years. That's the bionics. Oh, okay. Six million dollar man. Is that what it is? And then Chevy Chase did the same thing in in uh was it Caddyshack when he was the putter? And whenever he would putt, he would hit the ball. It's like a bionic man. Okay. Anyway, if you grew up in my day, everyone out there that grew up my age is laughing their head off. Okay. Because that's Steve Majors. I'll be laughing inside. And what's sad now is was the $6 million man with inflation would be the $24 million yeah, man now. He'd, a, he'd almost be a billion-dollar man by now, I'm sure. So what was – okay, he's got carbon fiber armage. Yeah, so he lost it six years ago in an accident. And so now he can type on computer keyboard. No way. Peel vegetables. His hand – his fingers move to type. Yeah, like it's oh, – I saw that video. It, it can open his index finger and then he can kind of do the hunt and peck Okay. Type that way. It wasn't like he's okay. going to be doing home row keys anytime soon. But true. But I mean, really, but a considered... typist, get out of the way. Uh, but like, when you think about it, like that's huge, that's huge, huge progress. Like in a few years, I bet he'll be able to go like, no, 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 you know, just be able to. Skyboy's got out. a question. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, oh, let's no, face it. Most of us are one index finger. That is our home row keys. So, <laughs> so really, he's he's just as good as the rest of us. <laughs> I have a moment of silence. For the death of home row keys. Uh, it's so much better. I don't know I, why. In, in today's day and age, I mean, I'll get off my soapbox here in a minute, but 
Home row keys are the greatest skill any American could have, and I'm grateful to my junior high school yes, typing teacher who forced me to learn it. You know what? You're going to make me cry <laughs> That's because right. there's nothing better than going home to your home, home row. row. Your home row. When you when you didn't know where to set your hands on the keyboard, first position, home row, every time. You guys are nerds. Now where do you put them? Where do you put them? <laughs> hmm? Huh? Uh, Anybody? According just, to Bryce, you just I just use I just use two fingers. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, See? and you have eight other fingers that are a bunch of slackers going along yeah. for the ride. Right? And your thumbs because of texting, huge. You've huge. got huge <laughs> thumbs, Bryce. Gigantic like, muscular. Try thumbs. using your other fingers because your thumbs are getting. <laughs> they're all atrophied. They, they're just they're stuck together. You got a club thumb. <laughs> they don't do anything. But club I, thumb. I, I saw this video. I saw the guy. He uh, he cracked eggs. Yeah. With his bionic hand, like he could hold the egg so sensitively. Yeah. That he could crack it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Like, or he was able to crack it and like, open seriously. it without shattering it. I mean, it was it was perfect. The world's changing, folks. But. That's pretty robots, impressive. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be robots someday. And he could also open and pour himself a drink. So that's kind of cool. Well, let's not start drinking. <laughs> oh. We don't need to drink unless it's sugar water. Exactly. And you want to increase your whatever. Self-control. I think that's cool. Let's uh, let's do one more. I got one more that's really cool. Uh, you got one? Ty's got one. Yeah, I got Go one. Go, Tyler. So I heard about this a little while Tyler's ago. Tyler's our intern, Dave. <laughs> A.K.A. Or Tyler. Or... Tyler Male. <laughs> Whoever you want me to be. I heard about this a little while ago. Um, so, you know, when you're on those long international flights, you know, across the oceans or wherever yes. you're going, and you just want to get up and stand up and just kind of walk around and stretch your legs. Well, uh, Mr. Michael O'Leary, who's the CEO of Ryanair, decided that he wants to make airplanes without seats so you can stand the whole way. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, think of how much that would... Who wouldn't want to stand, I don't know, 12 hours to land? My, my posterior would not go numb on that flight, no, for no, sure. No. All right. Well, it would be a lot cheaper. I mean, he says that... Oh, you're so, he would be numb. Here in America, we use dollars, but over there, they use pounds. And he says that he could sell uh, spots in the cabin for as low as one pound All right. to European destinations. So it's not like you're going from you know New York to London. Wait, but... I could fly New York to London for a pound? No. Standing. Uh, I would stand. No, it's by the pound. They weigh you, and they find out how much you weigh. You're (laughs) like cattle. So, I mean, the little skinny people. No, just kidding. Thank you. Uh, No, but it's only European flights. Yeah, so it's it's not New York to London. So if you're going London to to Frankfurt or London to, you know, Switzerland, then it's only one pound, uh, which is whatever. I don't know how much that is in euros uh, to stand up on a flight. I'm taking abuse at the airport if the price is right. My problem is when I'm paying $500 for a ticket and I still get the abuse. But for, you know, a $15 flight, New York to London or something, yeah, I'll take it's all, like a all subway the abuse ride, they want. Really? You're just going to stand like on a subway ride? Well, that's exactly what Michael Leary is saying. He's saying it's just a giant bus. Yeah. And what he's, I mean, his argument for this is seat belts are completely useless on airplanes. Especially in, I mean, inter-European things. I mean, you're not going to hit huge right. turbulence. Right. You're going to die. And you it's may a, as well die squished into a ball. Yeah, and it's a huge. Then die individually in your seat. And it's a huge waste of space to have everybody have a seatbelt. I think belt. he's onto something. And so just have everybody stand. Have them have handrails and bada bing, bada boom. And can, you know what? No one's going to be taking their shoes off. <laughs> you're not going to be the one stuck between two really, really large people. Well, you might be, but you're not going to have. You remember the seat problem where? Oh yeah. You're, everyone's like encroaching in your area because honestly, you don't have area. Nope. Nope. You're going to just be squished together like a bunch of sardines. 
they could also like set up foosball tables and ping pong <gasps> and stuff. Yeah. And wouldn't that be okay. fun? That would be I so I think they would pack it great. full like Japanese subways though, and you wouldn't really have room to play foosball. Uh, well, first yeah, class. Foosball. They're like everybody oh, first inhale, class. everybody <laughs> inhale. <laughs> they pop one more in, they shut the door. <laughs> The, I call those people the smurgers. <laughs> We're good to go. They just, they just yeah, smurge everyone in. Quite sad, though, that we've gotten to this point because it was not long ago. Uh, there was a past decade when 747s, that first class area on the top, yeah. was a Classy. piano lounge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grand piano. Yep. Well, it's now all we gone. could. I mean, think how many people we could fit in there if we didn't have the piano. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Well, sure. it depends on the size of people. If you're my size, you can fit like. <laughs> 500 of those people yeah. in that space if it's somebody else well maybe they have to buy two tickets or if they've got guns like anyways guys flexing his muscle like we were gonna see something uh anyway we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here good news okay i guess it's good so we're gonna send you out on that tyler i want you to go figure out if um if that's really worth it you'll do the the, the initial tour to london standing from salt lake city all 18 hours of it or 15 uh. hours of it We'll be back, folks. We're talking business, how to grow a healthier, uh, more strong, healthy business that is conducive to family after the uh, uh, this break on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A piece of Apollo-era technology is still saving lives every day. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Sailors the world over have a common link to the Apollo astronauts. They all rely on a life raft design first pioneered by NASA for returning moon explorers. The Apollo moon capsules returned to Earth by splashing down in the ocean. Then the astronauts got out of their capsule and into an inflated raft before being picked up by helicopters. The conditions at sea could be very violent, and just the rotor wash from the rescue helicopters could capsize a conventional raft. But a NASA design innovation from a team at the Johnson Space Center created pockets under the raft that use the surrounding seawater as free ballast, greatly stabilizing the raft without adding any weight to it for flight. They called it a hydrodynamically ballasted stabilization system. A private raft maker leased the design from NASA, and the thousands of rafts made with this feature over the years have saved more than 450 sailors to date. The rafts have stayed upright in waves as high as 32 feet and 195 knot winds, using the weight of trapped water as ballast. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about business and starting your own business with the economy struggling 
There have been so many people that uh, have lost their jobs, and now they've just decided, you know what, I'm going to go start my own business. And um, as they're out starting their own business, they're starting to find out that this is a very difficult thing to do. So we uh, had our uh, producer, Bryce Tobin, BT, a.k.a. The Bryce is Right, put together a little bit about whether uh, you should start a business or just stick to the old corporate world where they just hand feed you. I'm guessing that am I am I accurate so far on this? So far, so good. So the the bigger uh, the risk, the better the return, right? Uh, you sure about that one? Bryce asks. Well, he has some thoughts for us about risk that he would just love to share. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is right. Things not going your way? Feeling a little disgruntled with your job? Does the ambition of ownership and independence cry out to you? Well, in that case, quit listening. Ambition is dangerous. Don't do it. It's like a drug. Just one try can ruin everything. Yeah, the 9 to 5 job may not be glamorous, but that was never in your contract anyway. Careful now, you're expressing a sense of entitlement, and that's pretty undignified. What makes you think having your own business will solve all your problems? An ancient Greek general, Hermocrates, had something to say about war, but I'm going to change it a little for small business. He said, Nobody is driven into owning a small business by ignorance, and no one who thinks he will gain anything from it is deterred by fear. So let me lift the ignorance from your eyes before you jump in all half-cocked. First off, the risks are astronomical. So if you're thinking about owning a business, it means you have little to no assets, because if you did, then why would you be working? This means that you'll have to borrow before you'll have enough money to get the ball rolling. So there's a dump truck full of debt right there. Also, you're giving up your old, reliable job for this new shindig. That's income lost. Also, you might have to hire teenagers. That's way too risky. Never worth it. Trust me. I used to be a teenager. So what you end up with is a bunch of unreliable employees that are an accident waiting to happen. You have an unreliable income and a mountain of debt eagerly waiting to crush your soul. But you may be thinking, Bryce, you silly goose, you gotta spend money to make money. Oh yeah? If that were true, then by your logic, you should just go spend all of your money and then you'll make all of the money that you're gonna make. See? Not so confident in your business dogma now, are you? So what I'm saying is, you can either start a business, or you can skip the middleman and just decide to be homeless. It's really all up to you. And with your own business, you become so needy. You ask everyone to put up with long hours, you're always asking for favors and inconveniencing people. Let's face it, you're going to have to cancel that RSVP you made for your co-worker's Labradoodle's birthday party this weekend. The little guy's turning seven, he's going over the hill. I mean, when you start a business, really what you're saying is that your own personal and selfish goals are more important than the relationships you currently have, regardless of how casual or fleeting the majority of them may be. So yeah, success might be out there, but you got to ask yourself, is it really worth it? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow. Did you decide, is it really worth it? Matt, I don't think it's worth it at all. Well, then again, you also think Australia is real dangerous. Uh, I've, I've been on the internet. Okay? And you're afraid of a platypus, being poisoned by a platypus. What are they? Are they a beaver? Are they a duck? Are they an otter? What they're, are they? They're a bluck. Okay. Just saying, it needs to decide. And I, th- I, I think, I think you're right. And I've, I've actually done both. Oh, I've you been have. major into corporate America, where it was very, very, very nice. Then I've been my own boss, where it was very, very, very nice. And I've been bored in corporate America before, and I've been uh, overwhelmed in my own job. And you know what I realize? Tell me, Matt. There is no utopia. There isn't. Nope. 
No. Except at night when I'm just resting my feet and watching my favorite soaps. See, for me, it's it's when I, <laughs> it's when I've. That's I've, what my grandma used to call them, the soaps. Her stories. The stories. <laughs> no, it's it's when I get up and I and I've done everything and I go into the living room to put on my shoes. I'll put on my shoes and I'll Why are sit your on my shoes couch in the living room. Uh, that's usually where I take them off. <laughs> I bet your roommates love that. It's, I, the, there's a more in there. So there that's, it it's just among the sea of shoes. <laughs> I just pick mine out. But I'll just sit on the couch and I'll just zen out. Zen. And just, that's where it is. If I could get paid to do that somehow, heaven. It's not bad. I could make a meditation clinic. You sit down. I don't know. Wow. You have thought about this. Okay, we're going to be ambitious. Now. Sorry. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Did I just did I just say I want to start a business? <laughs> this was weird. Uh, was did weird. you know that there are about 758,000 new business small businesses started every year? Those poor souls. And uh about 50% of them die within 5 years. I have heard that. I have heard that. So, it's hard. It's a hard it's a hard turnover. It's a very hard turnover. So, we're going to be bringing on a small business expert, Kevin Ormond, who's going to give us some tools, ideas, solutions for how to have a healthy relation or have a healthy marriage <laughs> and a healthy family and a small business if you so choose. Amazing. How to make them all work and some of the things to watch out for. Kevin Ormond, he'll be up next on the Matt Townsend show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Music simply sounds better from a live studio. Listen to organic, unedited music on Highway 89, Monday through Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. An unmanned and unarmed U.S. drone has been fired upon by Iranian warplanes over international waters, according to officials at the Pentagon. The incident took place last week over the Persian Gulf. The drone was unharmed and returned safely to base. Pentagon spokesperson George Little says the Iranian government has been informed that the U.S. will continue to carry out surveillance missions in the region. He also noted that there is a wide range of options at the disposal of U.S. officials from military to diplomatic to help protect military assets such as the drone fleet. The attempted attack took place just as new, tougher sanctions went into place against Iran for refusing to cooperate with talks about their nuclear program. In stark defiance to calls from many Western nations, Syrian President Bashir Assad said today that he will live and die in Syria and that any effort to assist the rebel forces in deposing him will cause devastating consequences for the Middle East and beyond. The remarks came just as the opposition leaders concluded a landmark gathering to bring the different factions all under one umbrella body, which would give credibility to the rebels as a political group which could be recognized by other nations. Assad also said he would not be a puppet of the West in response to an offer from British Prime Minister David Cameron to give Assad foreign exile in London, where the Syrian president was educated. 
Attorney General Eric Holder is considering his options as he weighs staying on as the top law enforcement officer for President Barack Obama's second term. Holder says he must still speak with the president and his own family before he makes a final decision. Other members of the president's cabinet are also taking the election as a time to reevaluate. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton has already announced her intention to leave her position, and the Treasury Secretary is also considering moving on to other opportunities. Attorney generals generally don't serve longer than four years, and Holder has already faced an attempt from Republicans to oust him after the botched Fast and Furious gun tracking scandal. The gasoline situation in New York City caused by Superstorm Superstorm Sandy is continuing to get worse, with Mayor Michael Bloomberg now ordering gas rationing as the supply continues to shrink. Drivers will alternate days based on the last digit of their license plates, odds on one day and evens on the next, grouping plates ending in a letter with the odds. Only a quarter of the city's stations are still open despite efforts to expand fuel supplies. Environmental regulations have been temporarily waived and less clean-burning fuels brought in, but it doesn't seem to be making a big enough difference so far. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about businesses, small businesses. A lot of people are out there, and I, I love this topic. I think it's so apropos to our audience. Um, a lot of truck drivers out there running your own business. Uh, a lot of people with this economy have tried to figure out how to pick up some more money. People are starting businesses, you know, a little networking, marketing kind of companies, direct sale companies, Tupperware, Avon. If you're out there, if you have somebody in your family that's been trying to put together a new business, this is the show you're going to want to listen to because it's not easy, okay? So when I left, I was in corporate America, used to travel all over, loved loved it. It was a great job. Really, honestly, hard but easy because you knew the money was there. It was coming in every time. Um, you could count on it and went out on my own, became my own consultant, uh, started my own practice. And it's great. I have tons of freedom. If I want to take a day off, boom, free as a bird. However, if I take a day off, uh, there's no money coming in. There's no money going out. There's nothing going on except me just taking a break. And so it creates stress. And then it stresses your family because all of a sudden everybody around you, they still want to eat. Selfish people. They want to they wanna have a life. They still need clothes. They still want to play sports and have their life. So it's a highly stressful situation. So we are going to be bringing on right now Kevin Orman. Now, Kevin is the small business expert. He's the director of consulting services at smallbusinessdoctors.com, and he brings a tremendous breadth of experience from industries including retail, sales and marketing, engineering, military, management, coaching, you name it, he's done it. And we're going to have him come on uh, right now and give us some tools, some ideas, and help us kind of sort through how to make a small business work. Kevin, are you with us? I am. Can you hear me? How are you? You bet. Good. Good to I'm have great. you. You better be twins. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, so, Kev, as, as we now, by the way, everyone needs to know this because Kevin, you know, you spell your name in a fairly strange way. 
Uh, you know, it's funny. It's uh, it's uh, the Celtic spelling of the Irish curse or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's uh, uh, it's uh, it is a more common spelling uh, in England in those areas. Yeah. But it is a Celtic kind of a spelling. It's C E V I N. C E V I N. So yeah. I, I I thought your I thought your name was Seven. But it's you know, a lot of people make that mistake because they think of Spanish pronunciations instead of Celtic That's pronunciations. Right. I want everyone to know it, though, because if they go looking you up uh, on Google, C-E-V-I-N, Ormond, O-R-M-O-N-D. Now, um, yeah, just like Osmond, only with an R instead of an, uh, an, instead S. Of an S. Ormond. Uh-huh. Now, Kevin, yeah, tell us, what's the big deal? Now, you've, you've consulted and coached business people uh, forever. It's, it's a stressful move. When you're going from, you know, the corporate world, I guess, or kind of a more traditional job to owning your own thing, isn't it? Well, it is, and and uh, and and the big and the big shift has to be mental. Uh, that's that's the real key to making it work. You have to you have to make a, a total mental shift, and um, and that's and that's. Uh, um, easier said than done. Oh, absolutely, because it seems like a lot of the problem is mentally. Can you do it? I mean, and there's so many parts of it. There's so many parts of a business that you don't even know, like licensing or um, making sure everything's legal, your taxes, your EIN number, yep. all these things. Yep. So so how do you shift and know and get the confidence to do it? How do you, you know, shift it, your thinking? Well, it, there's a lot of things. You know, the, the most small, small businesses are started by a technician, and what happens is he's the best technician, he or she, is the best technician in the shop, and they're tired of making the boss all this money, and they think they can just go out and do it on their own. And unfortunately, what they find is that uh, they're not a business person; they're a technician, and so there's a ton of stuff they don't they don't know. Right. And um, you know, and and you go from from being the you know the the, the sharpest uh, arrow in the quiver to all of a sudden not even knowing what quiver you're in. That's right. Well, <laughs> you know, what really? quiver am I <laughs> to just some oh, arrow yeah. that's and, discarded? And the, yeah. answer, and the answer to that is, is uh, ask me in five minutes, and it'll probably be a different one. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's so much uh, difference in, in that sense. And so it really is a, is a mindset and a mind shift. And, and, uh, and what happens too often is that people, people don't, don't understand that. They don't, they don't, uh, uh, prepare for that. They don't get the coaching. They don't get the, the professionals on board. The other things that they need to make that work. Yeah. And and uh, ask me how I know. Well, see, I think it's interesting. I right. I, I will. I think it's because as you're sitting here, I'm just sitting. I'm thinking, man, if I just needed money and I was sick of my job and maybe I was having a harder time finding another job, to go start it myself seems like a good idea. But what are some of the things they run into? I mean, there well, really is yeah. a huge list of stuff that you have to kind of deal with in starting the business. So what would be well, like the yeah. checklist? And Well, and it varies because it, it really depends uh, in large measure on the type of business. Um, it depends on, uh, on a lot of aspects because obviously some businesses have more uh, hoops to jump through because they're regulated, for example, and other businesses aren't. Some businesses require licensure. Yeah. Uh, some some don't. Uh, it depends, you know. So there's a lot of variables. You've and, done this uh, though, haven't you, Kevin? Oh yeah, uh, several times. I think I'm on my twelfth uh, or thirteenth startup now. Does your so, wife like when you're like, "Hey, I got another idea"? Does she just want to <laughs> run you over? What is she? What is she like it, now? It depends on the day. You know that can happen. Um, it it, uh, it uh, we've been married thirty four years, and so after a while, you kind of learn. Uh, 
you know, what to say and when to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. you, you know, and yeah. what not to say it. And when not to say it, and 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 so there, there's there's that's an art form too, right? I mean, I think that's a big deal because to make a business work, you do have to have a partner that can handle you know the ups and downs. No business no is question. just you know flush with cash and thriving. I mean, it's there's seasons, uh-huh. there's cycles. That's the weird thing too, huh? Because you've got to know kind of the cycle of your business, and you can't know well, yeah, that until you're and, in it a year or two. That's right, and even then, um, it, it depends because some businesses have a have an annual cycle. Uh, you know, for example, a ski resort is a good example because obviously they're they're busy in the winter and not in the summer. Um, you know, you've got some businesses that are like that; they're seasonal. You've got other businesses that aren't so seasonal. Uh, you've got other businesses that are that are cyclical. Um, you know, every month. Uh, right. You know, they'll. They'll uh, they'll key in heavy in the first of the month and not so heavy in the in the, the latter part of the month or vice versa. It's uh, there you know the, there there are a lot of variables there and and you're absolutely right. You really never know until you're there. No, exactly. You know, and so you can uh, uh, it helps to it helps to be able to uh, uh, get people uh, get get advice from people that. Uh, have been there, done that, and bought a T-shirt. You know, <laughs> and particularly, particularly, um, uh, you know, it's it's kind of fascinating. You can get uh, you can get uh, advice uh, from somebody who was successful in one kind of a business is totally wrong for yours. Right. Exactly. And uh, you know, and because it doesn't fit. So it's uh, uh, even though even though you think, well, wow, this person was a successful business person in blah blah blah, whatever it is, doesn't mean it's going to fit you. Right. And so, um, and it doesn't mean that they're that uh, were they to start your you know the kind of business you're going to start that they would be successful in it. They might uh, you know face plant just like you might. You know, it's just so so you never know. It's uh, um, each business has its own uh, uniquenesses like that. However, right. that that being said, that being said, there are some some basics that are very similar to every business, and and um, uh, you know that. The um, that that's really um, kind of one of the things that's important to understand. Right. If you don't cover those basics, um, you're you're dead in the water. Well, and it and seems like that, it's it, it's not even just you, is it? It's I mean, you're making this decision to start a business. If you have a family, you kind of yeah. you got to get the whole family involved because this will impact directly the family. Oh, no doubt, and, and significantly. Yeah, how it do you impact, see that it, impacting the family? Well, you know, it, it impacts them in a lot of ways. Um, the, uh, ideally, um, you, get, you get the family on board, and, um, and everything just kind of clicks, you mm-hmm. know, uh, in that sense. Um, um, doesn't mean the business will click. Right. But at least, at least, um, at least the relationship parts of it do, because... The other thing that happens is if there's too much stress in the family, you can't you can't think clearly enough to focus on the business. Oh yeah, and so and so you end up uh, you know you end up uh, um, you know failing because of the fact that you can't focus on it because you're too busy you know fighting home fires. Well, and you're exactly, or you're too busy fighting the business fires. Like I I watched my wife became very independent, like but basically not even needing me. And right. and then all of a sudden I'd come home, you know, once the business was a little more established, I'd come in and I'd be there and I'd mess up their systems and they'd look at me like my kids would like, hey, yeah, mom doesn't do it that way. 
And yeah, I'm like, well, let's stranger, not tell your right? mother what I'm doing. Yeah, who is this stranger? Exactly. Yeah, no kidding. It, it, you know, and, and, that's, and that's one of the things. I, I um, traveled extensively. I did uh, 300 uh, or 3 million miles uh, in, uh, you know, a uh, dozen countries or so all around the Pacific Rim mm. and, uh, and everywhere in North America. If it's, if it's in North America, I've been within 100 miles of it, uh, usually multiple, multiple times. Wow. And so it's... Uh, it's, um, uh, you know, the old Johnny Cash song, I've Been Everywhere. <laughs> I've Been Everywhere. Uh, yeah, that's the one. And, and uh, uh, one day, just to take that down, I, I took down his, uh, looked it up on lyrics, and there were only three places that he mentioned that I haven't been multiple times. <laughs> well, you're and still so, young, anyway, Kevin. You can still get there. But that's true, and they are on my list. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the bucket list. But, that's right. But, uh, but uh the uh, the thing about it is is that is that uh, it does impact the family, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and I don't think that uh, everybody realizes how significant that impact can be um, and is, and how important it is to get your spouse on board, um, how por- how important it is to get your kids on board. Um, it's um, it's really important to do that, and there 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 are ways you can do that. You know, one thing, for example, um, when I when I I'd be out of town two three weeks a month, but when I when I'd be in town, uh, I had a whole lot of flexibility with my time. And right. so, um, you know, especially in the summer, one of the things that I did was I took uh, the kids, each one of them one on one on an overnight camping trip. Uh, hmm. Now we got eight kids, so that's we got a lot of camping. That's a lot of camping, but um, but now with um, you know, I got grandchildren in college, and so you know. So um, uh, the bottom line is, is that my kids still talk about those times. Yeah, and, see, uh, yeah that's cool. See, and 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 so I was able to to uh, compensate somewhat, um, um, building memories in that manner. You know, finding a way uh, that, that would work. And you know, uh, some kids the, the the camp out was to was to go fishing. Some kids the camp out was to uh, camp somewhere and let's go golf and you know whatever. But yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was that. And then uh, when each of them graduated from high school, I had so many freaking flyer points. I just said, "Where in the world do you want to go?" Let's go. So, yeah, let's go. One one of them, I took the Virgin Islands. I took a couple to Hawaii. Took one to Alaska. That's we neat. Went. I mean, but you're you're kind yeah. of creating a place. So there, there's the benefits of it. Um, Let's do this, Kev. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'd love to have you talk to us about a little bit about the feast and famine that takes place with business. Um, you kind of the good times, the bad times financially, and how, how if we're a small business owner, how we should kind of regulate that. I mean, another thing that we could also get into is just your time. I think one of the biggest yeah. problems with being a small business owner, if you've always been kind of in a corporate setting, is you're on your own now, and you've got to oh, know yeah. how to manage your own life. So. We'll come back, and we will talk about both of those with Kevin Orman. Uh, Kevin, uh, you can see Kevin at smallbusinessdoctors.com. He uh, is a, a wonderful coach that can help you through these issues. Come back with us. We'll keep talking more about small businesses, how to make sure they succeed, and that they're aligned to your family. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Building large structures in space without the structure part. Next. 
This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The cost of building in space is tied directly to how much expensive mass you have to haul up out of Earth's gravity well. If you can save a little weight, you save lots of money. That's why some promising work has already been done with space structures made from inflatable components. But the NASA Innovative Advanced Concepts Program, which explores revolutionary ideas, thinks we could go beyond inflatables by skipping the structure altogether. In this study, MIT researchers are trying to use electromagnetic fields with high-temperature superconducting wires and coils to make parts that can unfold and become lightweight, rigid structural objects in space using the massless forces of magnetism. You can get some idea of how this might work if you've ever tried to force together the sides of two magnets that repel each other. This NIAC research will duplicate common structures like beams and struts using the superconducting wire and electricity to see how the approaches compare. If it works, huge and heavy space antennas, for example, could be replaced by something that folds up to the size of a softball. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Freshen up your mornings with Marcus Smith and the BYU Radio Morning Show. Lifestyle, news, current events, science, technology, and just about anything else. You'll be feeling good all day long when you start your day with Marcus Smith and the Morning Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show, and today we are talking about businesses and how to make your business work, how to make it succeed, also how to integrate it into your family and your life so you don't have to choose family or business or job or um, you don't have to make such decisions. Maybe there's a way to integrate it. One of the problems that you might run into as you're starting your own business or running your own business is, you know, the small uh, is the as the small business money starts rolling in and you start making a lot of it. You know, after years and years of struggling, you feel quite excited about that. But there is uh, an example here, a very high profile example of the downside to finally striking it rich. This is the story of a man named Stanley. A kid growing up in the Bay Area during the 60s and 70s, one of six siblings crammed into a tiny three-bedroom Oakland Housing Authority apartment. To make a few bucks after school, he'd scoop up stray baseballs outside the Oakland Coliseum and sell them. And when he wanted to buy a ticket to the game, he'd start dancing in the parking lot to beatbox music and people would pay him a few tips. But one afternoon, the owner of the Oakland A's spotted him. 11-year-old Stanley out there doing the splits. And his owner loved his energy and his flair, so he hired him to be a bat boy. And he did a good job. One of the executives thought Stanley looked a little bit like Hank Aaron, so he and the other players affectionately nicknamed him Hammer. And it's a nickname that stuck with him through junior high, high school, and even through his service in the Navy. And in 1986, when two Oakland A's players, Mike Davis and Dwayne Murphy, loaned Stanley $20,000 to start a record label, MC Hammer was born. And his first studio album was a hit. 
Zuri was signing with Capitol Records. And by 1990, this kid of humble upbringings was raking in millions of dollars a year. Even you probably remember this song. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. So all those music royalties and record sales... Hammer put that cash to work immediately, building a $12 million house in the hills above Fremont, California. At the gates, gold-plated letters saying, Hammer Time! Stop. Hammer Time! And legend has it, Hammer built basketball courts, an indoor bowling alley. He bought 17 cars, two helicopters, not just one racehorse, but an entire stable full of racehorses worth over $1 million. Antique golf clubs, gold chains for his four Rottweiler dogs, and inside the mansion doors, marble floors, marble walls, since Hammer really liked marble, and a second dishwasher, which he had installed in his bedroom, you know, in case he decided to have a late-night snack, and lots and lots of big mirrors everywhere so he could see himself. He hired a staff of 250 people. He paid another 20 people to be his entourage. And then he was surprised to learn he was $13 million in debt. And then his income took a big hit. You see, after You Can't Touch This, radio stations just weren't playing his new songs as much. People weren't buying his new records nearly as often. And then Rick James sued him. You see, it turns out this... Can't touch this. Sure does sound an awful lot like this. MC Hammer and his label settled out of court, but it gave Rick James a huge cut into the income from Hammer's top-selling song. By the late 1990s, Hammer was broke. His mansion was gone. And, funny enough, once the paychecks were gone, his entourage disappeared too. So he took a look in the mirror, this one a much smaller one, and he would later tell Ebony Magazine, My priorities were out of order. They should have always been God, family, community, and then business. Instead, they had been business, business, business. Today, Stanley lives in a nice but much more modest house in Tracy, California. He has few luxuries. He works as an ordained minister for his church. His income is a tiny fraction of what it was 20 years ago. But it's a stable income. And when you see him interviewed on TV, he just seems happier now. Maybe it's less about how much you make and more about just finding financial stability. And that's something a person can do on just about almost any income level. Good work, Rob and MC Hammer. A great lesson to us all. We're talking uh, money, right, and business. How do you uh, make it through, not get sucked into all of it, lose yourself? We're bringing on our business expert, Kevin Ormond. Uh, Kevin is the small business expert and the director of consulting services at smallbusinessdoctors.com. Kevin, welcome back to the program. You bet. I'm did, here. Did you hear that about MC Hammer? Oh, yeah. That's one of the classic stories. It happens, doesn't it? A lot it? of them. It does. Mike Tyson went through $300 million, so oh, my you can a lot of that. I, could, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't blow three hundred. I'd blow $280 million. But I'd, I'd save 20 for the rainy days. <laughs> Tell yeah, me. yeah, well, that's, uh, that's the difference, you know. And, and it really goes back to what I was saying earlier about changing your thinking. Because, uh, because that's really the key. In, in, in those two cases, Tyson and, and uh, MC Hammer, what you had, you know, and it's, uh, it sounds a little, you know, it might sound a little odd or a little 
even I hope I don't offend anybody, but but um, kind of you took the kid out of the ghetto without taking the ghetto out of the kid. In other words, you did not change their thinking, and and that's uh, and and so what happens is they go right back to it, do it, you know, and and uh, and pretty soon they got nothing, which is where they started. Like we don't have, uh, I mean, because business, it's one thing. You were talking earlier about the fact that so many people are technicians. So here's a guy that's a great rapper, a great dancer, a great artist. But it doesn't a technician, e- really a great a real a true technician. But it doesn't necessarily really? equate to him being a good business person, or or being a manager of business. That's correct, and you know, and and there there are many 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 examples of well, that. Well, it really and is every one of us. Really, I mean, how many of us play the role of being kind of the entrepreneur, the visionary, and the technician that can deliver on it, and the business manager that can make it all happen? That's just rare. Uh, well, yeah, and and the thing about it is, is that is that uh, when we start out with a business, that's that's exactly what you got to do. Yeah, you got to touch start, them all. You got to you got to touch them all, and uh, uh, and um, and you sweep up late at night, and you turn the lights off. It's mm-hmm. just uh, um, you know that's the nature of a startup. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's where they start. The key is um, understanding that. Uh, if you want to succeed and if you want to uh, grow, you're going to have to change that attitude and change that thinking and, and, um, and as quickly as possible start bringing the right people on, the right professionals and the right help uh, in those areas where you're weaker so that you can focus on the areas where you're stronger. Yeah. I mean, I get, that's interesting because like, even M- MC Hammer brought out 250 people on. Um, but at some point, I guess you have to have a, a business person. <laughs> Uh, and somebody well, and, and yeah, the say and, and the and the ability to to say no um, and to have a plan and a vision. I mean, so many of these well, are really it's not, hard. No, it's it's totally it's totally exactly like that. There uh, another another thing that happened. You know, years and years ago, I was an engineer for Boeing Aerospace and designed part of the space shuttle system back in the day. And and um, they used to have a saying. They'd say they'd say, well, if uh, if it takes uh, one man nine uh, nine months to, to make a baby, they're going to put nine men on it and expect it in a month. And and uh, and so just throwing bodies at it, which yeah. is quite possibly what MC did, yeah. uh, is not going to solve the problem because certain things just take time to cook. You bet. Period. Well, and especially and, in a and, business, because the business has to also evolve, right? I mean, things yeah. have to be tested. Marketing has to be learned. Your messaging has to be tightened. There's so many things to the business and so, unless you're bringing it from your past experience, so anybody out there that's listening, if you're trying to build a business, if you're not bringing inherently a lot of knowledge to this business, then you you need a long ramp up. Well, at, and and that's not just the knowledge, but a client a client base, a customer yeah, base. Yeah. If, uh, um, you know, you if you if you've got a, a customer base that's gonna that's gonna follow you in, that's gonna help an awful lot. Um, if you don't. Then you've got to become a marketing person right now. Right. I mean, first thing, and uh, and if that marketing is not your forte, um, you got a problem. You got a big problem, uh, Kev. We're going to take do. a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into uh, the other problem that seems to kind of hit us, which is just managing our time, managing our own schedules, kind of the day to day of business. We're coming back with Kevin Ormond. Uh, a director of consulting services at smallbusinessdoctors.com. And uh, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. BYU Radio is the home of the Cougars. Rise up and become a corporate sponsor today. For more information, call 801-422-1448 or email support at byu.edu. Have you ever wanted to travel the world? Now you can experience the vibrant cultures and customs of countries across the globe and cities across America through the eyes and ears of folk artist Eric Dowdle. Tune in to Traveling with Eric Dowdle and travel the world weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Florida officials were planning to announce which presidential candidate won the state's electoral votes tomorrow, but Mitt Romney has beaten them to the punch. The former GOP candidate has officially conceded the state to President Barack Obama. Of course, at this point, the president has already won re-election, but the Romney team's decision to concede just furthers the margin by which he did so. Floridians will still have to wait to hear who won some very tight local elections until tomorrow when election officials plan to announce the victors. Some polling places in the Sunshine State had lines over seven hours long on Election Day, with voting continuing all the way until 1.30 a.m. Wednesday morning. Calls of congratulations from world leaders are pouring into President Barack Obama's office after his victory in this year's election. He has spoken to the Saudi King Abdullah, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as Egypt's President Mohamed Morsi. Many European leaders have also reached out to congratulate the president, including the German Chancellor, the British Prime Minister, and the French President. Leaders in countries from the Western Hemisphere like Canada, Colombia, and Brazil have also called to wish President Obama well. Former Arizona Congressman Gabrielle Gifford stood and faced her would-be assassin in federal court today as he was sentenced to life in prison. 24-year-old Jared Loeffner is a college dropout with a history of psychiatric disorders. He killed six people and wounded 13 others in his attempt to kill the congressman. Congresswoman, he received seven consecutive life sentences as well as 140 more years, avoiding the death penalty as part of a plea deal. Gifford's husband addressed Loeffner directly, telling him that he had failed in his attempt to extinguish the beauty of life. Initial jobless claims have dropped, but it may be more due to the situation in the northeastern U.S. rather than an actual drop in the number of people who need unemployment benefits. Applications fell by 8,000 last week to a total of 355,000 people. Parts of the drop are likely due to the unemployed not being able to reach government offices while places like New York City are in recovery mode after Hurricane Sandy. Government offices may have had recording and may have had difficulty recording and transmitting their data due to the drop. So adjusted once everything is adjusted, the numbers may become more sorted out. The less volatile four-week average rose by over 3,000 new claims. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
And uh, today we are talking about business and how, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter if it's your business. Just sometimes going to work makes it hard to raise a family. But for those of you that have chosen to go start your own business, there's a hard, cold side to it. Not only are you going to have riches, of course, and be able to live like MC Hammer for a while. But you're also going to, you know, have to maybe stress the family out a little bit, maybe not have as much time to be a dad or a a mom as you'd like to. So from a kid's perspective, it can be hard when a parent decides to start their own business. It adds stress to the already stressful lives of children. Here's a view of the ordeal from the eyes of the son of a small business owner. Soon after I began my sophomore year of high school, my dad started a small business doing home repairs that lasted throughout the rest of my high school years. He did anything from installing doors to tile work to drywall, basically anything that's on your honey-do list. He went out and did all the jobs, and my mom handled the scheduling and finances out of our family basement, which became a makeshift office. After about six months, they were able to rent an office building downtown where they basically ended up living. Being a small business and all, with only them as workers, they worked long hours, starting at 7 in the morning and working until 8 or maybe even 9 at night if something really needed to get done. At first, this seemed like paradise for my 15, 16-year-old self. Mom and Dad weren't home to tell me to do my homework or clean my room. Life was good. But then reality started to hit, as I realized I was the oldest with two younger sisters. And with no mom or dad around most of the time, it suddenly became my responsibility to make sure we got taken care of. I found myself making dinner, helping with homework, and once I got my driver's license, chauffeuring my sisters everywhere. And on top of that, I sometimes got pulled out on jobs with my dad because he needed that other guy to assist in this job or that job. But then there was the very important topic of free time. So... With no parents around, my sisters and I could have done anything we wanted. Luckily, my sisters and I were all fairly independent and responsible people and not super socially involved. Our free time usually consisted of reading and practicing our various musical instruments, so we didn't get into much trouble while our parents were busy for the majority of our high school lives. I had a couple people wonder how we all turned out half-decent children since our parents were not deeply involved in our crucial years of development throughout high school. I myself have no clue as to what the answer to that question is. Tyler, 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 our uh, intern, we call him Intern Ned, Intern Irwin, Intern Dave. But uh, interesting, it's it's actually brought back some thoughts to me about, um, man, I wonder what my kids would say about my business. Hmm. Because tonight I won't be home. Tonight I leave here. I go do some spe- a speech. I go drive, get home at 10 o'clock. Half of them will be in bed. <sighs> the joy of small business. Anyway, we're going to be joined again by Kevin Ormond. Uh, he's the director of consulting services at smallbusinessdoctors.com. Uh, Kevin, so what's your take on that story? Did you hear... Uh, Tyler talking about his dad? You know, I did, and um, um, it is a, a very common thing, actually. Um, you, you know, that's the, that is the issue, is, uh, is uh, uh, getting, the, getting the family on board and then, uh, and then balancing everything, you know? Right. Uh, I've been talking about uh, mindset changes, and that's certainly one of them. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, 
you know, you've got to realize that uh, uh, you've got a, um, uh, you know, a, a board of directors, if you will, um, that uh, you've got to deal with uh, at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, uh, and then yeah. you, you kind of, in your head, it seems like you, you're saying, well, okay, I'm doing this for them. Sure. And, and you are, and then you're also not with them. Well, yeah, that's right. You are you are doing it for them, and uh, and, uh, and and all of that. But but it's also um, easy to lose that focus and find yourself doing it for you. Right. And um, and and that's uh, uh, that that's one of the dangers. That's one of the pitfalls. Um, you know, it's uh, um, you know you might be the richest uh, guy in the graveyard, and nobody comes to your funeral. That's right. It's not. Uh, that's true though huh well it it does happen it's funny you know what made the difference for me honestly and i can i see my business kind of has grown in these pivotal moments but it was i had one business but the second i had enough money that i could hire an assistant that could keep me on task and could keep me organized and so basically i hired a manager because i wasn't a manager i was a technician um, right. I was a I was a visionary kind of entrepreneurial visionary and a technician, right. and um, but I knew I had management problems, so I hired an assistant, and my business literally doubled when I hired an assistant, and my time yep. on what was important became so much more focused. Exactly. That's that's uh, that's exactly right. You know, it's uh, the the. The ability to understand uh, the difference between the important and the urgent, yeah, and and to focus on the important versus the urgent, and and uh, uh, and unfortunately, uh, with a family, um, sometimes things seem urgent that really aren't important, and sometimes things don't seem urgent that are important, right? And and, and so you've got to you've got to really uh, strike that balance, and and that's tricky. Um, at best, yeah. and uh, um, and if you're doing it in a vacuum where you don't have the feedback and the information from from your family, uh, uh, you know, or enough of the, of the right feedback and the right information, the communication channels aren't working as well as they need to be. That's uh, that's going to kill you. It's going to it's going to hurt you badly. And and uh, uh, you know, the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to sacrifice the people that you. Um, you know those relationships, yeah. those people that that you that you really are working for. Um, you know, for their benefit, you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice that. How do you and, how do you shift that paradigm or that way of thinking? Um, what are some ways that would help me shift so my time management's being run better, so that I'm being more effective, so I'm not just a technician who doesn't know how to manage? What? How do I shift that thinking? Um, Step one, I think, is to make a list of priorities and, um, you know, say, okay, what are, what are the things that are important to me? And then, um, uh, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, just number them um, in, in, in priority order. Mm-hmm. Then um, um, take a week and log your time and see, uh, and see if you're really putting uh, time into the, into the priorities or not. Um, or if you're getting distracted by, by the... The, the firefighting, you know, yeah, and uh, you know that's uh, that's that's uh, um, the first thing is is really uh, set the priorities and then take an honest inventory. 
um, you know, one of the one of the things that's hard to do uh, is to is to uh, really uh, make honest self assessments. There's a, you know, we know about the Ten Commandments. Well, there's an eleventh one. It's Thou shalt not fake thyself out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a great and, one. That's the one they forgot. Is. But I don't think that that's made the top the ten. But that's a big one, isn't it? Especially it in is. our business, because we can fake it, ourselves it out is. all day. Oh, it's so easy to do, and and you can you can you can say, well, you know, gee, I'm doing pretty good, or, or yeah. this or that or the other, and you can do that. You can do that with your finances. You can do that with the business, uh, the success or or not so success of your business. You yeah. can do that with priority your of your yeah. time, yeah. your health, anything, you know. And and uh, that's that's the problem. Is again, it's. So much, uh, so much of the success comes from changing your thinking, and and that takes that takes constant work and vigilance and some guidance. Yeah. I mean, I have a coach. You know? Yeah, and, it sounds like a coach would be really healthy because they're they're yeah. especially one that'll tell you when they think you're full of it because you're well, faking yourself that, out. Yeah, well, if if they if they won't tell you uh, when they think you're full of it, they're not a very good coach. Yeah, you have to be rude. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, they're they're not they're not serving you as they as they should be. They're 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 uh, stealing money from you, <laughs> essentially, yeah. in my view. Uh, you know, you've got to have somebody who's going to be honest with you. It's uh, um, you know, and say those hard things uh, yeah. that, that need to uh, sometimes be said, and put you in a position where you got to take a look in the mirror and say, hmm, I wonder. Maybe I'm not uh, doing these things like I really ought to be doing. Maybe I ought to take a look and see if I ought to be doing some things differently. That is tough. Yeah, I think it would be. It seems like because the ego would get so involved in it, too. I mean... Oh, yeah, it's your baby. I mean, gosh. Your identity's wrapped around it. Everybody knows you left your company to go do this. this. You gave birth to this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. It's your baby. And, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody... uh, uh, you know, I've I've never I've never heard any parents say that they have an ugly baby, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you, so you know, know, a certain yeah. percentage of them are pretty ugly. Well, there there are <laughs> they, they are, but but the, their own parents don't say yeah. it, and uh, and and uh, and that's true with businesses too. You know, um, uh, it's true with uh, with how you're how you're managing your time and and uh, your finances and. How you're dealing with uh, the volatility, the ups and the downs, the feast and famine stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, all businesses have that feast and famine issue uh, financially. Yeah. That, that that's part of it. And and um, you know, um, you know, you take a look. Well, for example, uh, MC Hammer that we talked about earlier. What he didn't do, uh, he 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 was spending all that money. Okay, instead of instead of. Uh, Saving it for um, for a time when the business would go down because right. they all do. Well, they or or do. to reinvest it, or to have the money to reinvest in the next idea that could have reinvented his sure. business. Or well, you know, uh, yeah. Seth Godin. Seth Godin's a marketing expert. He wrote a book called The Dip, and I think everybody ought to read that. And they all also ought to read another book from him called Purple Cow mm-hmm. um, that relates to marketing. It's um, um, the um, uh, that. It is really important to understand um, uh, those principles that are there, and this uh, this is part of that uh, mindset change I was talking about earlier. Is you've got to become a reader. You've got to learn from other people's mistakes because you're not going to live long enough to make them all yourself and learn from them that way. Yeah. And and uh, and so you've got to you've got to to do that, and that's part of how you change that thinking and that mindset. 
is you've got to find time in your busy schedule to read every day. Yeah. And uh, you've got to you've got to find time um, to so you can get those ideas, and you can say, "Gosh, you know what? I need that assistant. That's right. I need that. I need that that um, um, uh, help in my marketing. I need that help." with financial planning. I need that help with managing my cash flow. I need that help in uh, giving me some guidance on how to, how to balance my time with my, with my children and my, and my spouse. I, I need that help. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and that, uh, and that uh, ego issue is, uh, is significant because uh, virtually every small business owner has a significant ego or they wouldn't have done it in the first place. Well, yeah, that takes um, a yeah. Well, they're either ig- ego or ignorant, but it it takes well, and, but it takes a little well, bit of an energy, doesn't it, to do this? Sure, and if it, if it's all if it's all ego, ego, you are ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Kev, how would you what would you how can they get a hold of you or your program if they want to get more information about getting a coach? Uh, they just do. I guess they just go to the website um, smallbusinessdoctors.com. Sure, that's the first step. Uh, they can contact me directly um, um, as well. Um, my phone number is eight zero one six seven one five five four two, and um, and they can also um, um, we have a we have a toll free number that's available there on on the website and on my profile. They can hook up with me on LinkedIn. Um, there's a lot of ways to contact me. Um, if you Google my name and you spell it correctly, I'm the only one on the planet. So yes, uh, you're, you're top of the list. 12, yeah, the first ten or twelve pages of your Google search is going to be me. C E it's C E V I N O R M O N D. That is correct. Yeah. Okay, Kevin Orman. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's another way to to find me. Uh, Perfect. So even though even though you know when I was young, I I uh, I felt like my mother had cursed me yes, uh, by no. by naming me that that it, name that a friend of hers suggested. But but uh, now it puts me on top of the search engine. That's so, it. So, Thanks, mom, so for search engine optimizing. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, every everything everything has a silver lining. It's that's a, right. it's always a mixed bag. Okay, Kevin, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate uh, your advice, and uh, your, and if anybody wants to get, so, get a hold of him, there's all the ways he taught you, plus go to smallbusinessdoctors.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be back to wrap well, up this and, topic. And I appreciate everybody, and, and I hope it's helped somebody. You bet it has. Thank you again, Kevin. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Arriving on Mars in 3, 2, 1. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. A human-enabled mission to Mars is a critical milestone for space and planetary exploration. However, immense challenges must be overcome before men and women can safely explore the Red Planet. Through university engineering competitions like NASA's Revolutionary Systems Concepts Academic Linkages, called RASCAL for short, Students are provided a platform to develop comprehensive mission designs that include multiple space vehicle launches, breakthroughs in propulsion systems, radiation protection, and the application of medicine in extraterrestrial environments. Through the annual Rascal Forum, students share their intensive work with peers and a panel of judges comprised of NASA and industry experts. 
The opportunity for research and experimentation on Mars will expand our knowledge of planetary and life sciences, not to mention the potential for finding new and valuable resources. Realizing these missions will stretch the bounds of innovation, human health, and engineering. NASA sees direct connection to tapping the bright minds of undergraduate and graduate students. After all, reaching Mars could be the greatest feat of their generation. In the words of Buzz Aldrin, Mars is out there, waiting to be reached. The rascal competitors are getting us closer. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Lea Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch the song that changed my life Monday nights at 7:30 on BYU TV. For regular updates on BYU radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. Wrapping up the show, the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about business, small businesses, how you uh, how you can make it work without losing yourself, your life, your family, everything. And uh, as we wrap it up, uh, our producer Madison Allred shares her insights from her experience working for two years at a small business. I personally think that the idea of small businesses is wonderful. My dad is always talking about how great they are and how they're the lifeblood of the middle class, stuff like that. Well, I worked for a small business for two years, and while they certainly have their idiosyncrasies, I really enjoyed it. The first aspect of the business is probably the owners. They started the business, and their lives are fully invested in this project. They have the pressure of having to pay the bills, and sometimes they make huge sacrifices so that they can have more money put into their business. They truly believe in their idea, though, and they are generally the most motivated people in the company. Now, when you're working for a small business, sure you don't really get great benefits or anything like that. But since Win has an entry-level job, had a direct connection with the boss. At the company I worked for, there were around three levels of the employment. The owners were on the top, the managers and sales reps were in the middle, and the warehouse and sales associates were at the bottom. Even for the time that I was at the bottom, while I had a wonderful relationship with my manager, if there was ever an issue, I knew that I was go talk to the owners and that they would listen to me. They knew me by name, always checked up on me, and took my advice into consideration. Since we were a small company, the owners' enthusiasm rubbed off onto all the other employees. They knew that their job was equally important and was vital to the success of the company. It made everyone feel valued and led to high performance. But being a small company, there was the issue of promotion. Oftentimes, there was not really room because it was a small company. After all, it was rare that there would be an opportunity. But when there was one, you can bet that if you were performing well and had been there for a while, that they would bump you up. 
One of the most important things about a small business is that everyone needs to get along. Otherwise, the tension manifests itself in sales, and business does not perform as well as it could. Since we all got along really well, business thrived, and everyone felt wonderful that they could be a part of something that influenced others. I loved being part of a small business, and later on in my life, I may consider starting one myself. There are so many ways that you can start one now with the internet and sites like Etsy and eBay, and then you can get free advertising through your friends on Facebook. The world is primed to help you succeed in business, so if you have an idea, go for it. It might turn into more than a side business, and there isn't a better way to live out the American dream. I thought this radio show was the American dream. Oh, it is living the life. This is right here. This is is this not? This is a taste of like entrepreneurialism, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, let's not even pretend. I was like, "What are you okay, saying?" I'm a small business owner. Are you? Yes. Good. Hardest for you. thing I've ever done. I bet. Best thing I've ever done. And here's the coolest thing about it. So I was in corporate America. I was a cog. They a cog in the me machine. Larry the cog. And <laughs> I was a cog in the machine. I was kind of, you know, nobody knew how good you were because you grew up in the company. Decided to leave. I left the mothership like Whoa. a little bird with Leaving... just brand new leathery wings. Wait, the mother bird? Or mothership. You... <laughs> I'm leaving the mother bird and I left the nest and I flew off on my own. There were scary things that chased me <laughs> like eagles that wanted to devour my head. Like this is all symbolism. Oh, you guys. this oh, is really? metaphorical. This isn't real, Scott. Oh. Have you read scared. the children's book where Are You My Mother? The little bird that walks around oh, leaves yeah. his. Yeah, I have. Yeah, what that's like that you. It's about you. You're looking for your place in life. The only one I'm familiar with is Is Your Mama a Llama? Do you guys remember that one? Okay, um, you're, you're all getting distracted. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, business is, this business is, is, but that's a perfect example books. of why business is hard because I'm here trying to teach you symbolism, and you're talking about Is Your Mama a Llama? <laughs> Okay, focus. Sorry, Matt. <sighs> anyway, I digress. So here we sit. I started my own business. Didn't know if it would work. Made a tenth of the money I made at, at my other job. Wow. The next year I made 40%. The next year I made 80%. And then from then on, big time. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But eventually, here's what I find. Now I'm independent. I'm, I understand what I know. I understand what I don't know. I understand what I'm good at. I understand what I'm not good at. And yet now, honestly, I could go back to corporate America with 10 times more value because they want what I have now. Isn't that weird? But they wouldn't have known and unless I you left. And I wouldn't have known because when I'm in that organization, I didn't know that I could do what I've done. Yeah. And I've done more outside of the organization than I could have ever done. Now it might be a good idea for me to go back and take some of that back to corporate America. So I guess my point is you don't always have to choose one or the other, right? So we yeah. can maybe go get some great business experience by being in a business. Then go start your own. And build well, it. something that I think is really applicable now is like if you have a regular job, you know, a lot of people actually like they'll have a blog on the side, like a different yes. viewpoint or something. Uh -huh. And now because before, you know, you can be like if they needed someone for social media, that might be like a promotion yeah. or something. You before might have been like, well, I don't know. 
But now I can be like, oh, look, I have this blog with this many followers or like look at my Twitter account, you know, right. different things just yep. with being well-rounded. So that's why that's I a key. think well-rounded. being well-rounded is the best thing you can possibly do. Here's the deal. So how many of you now by a show of hands – actually, let's just take a vote on the microphone <laughs> one by one. How many of you want to be a small business owner? Moi. Madison, moi. Robbie? I don't know. A little bit. It's, it sounds kind of like a neat idea. A little so. So ask Sam if he does. Uh, Sam, do you want to? I'm in, I'm in the news booth. Yeah, with Sammy. Sam. What's the Do you question? want to be a small business oh, owner? Gosh. Man, a small business owner? No. Okay, good, Sam, because you don't pay no. attention enough. Hey, well, if you well, want to I'm be a small business owner, you're just trying to get, you're stuff, reading your right. news. I understand. I'm sorry, I threw you in the loop. Okay, Bryce? Of course not. Just, you just want to just, just give want... me a job, leave me alone, yes. and then I'll try and do as little of that job as possible. <laughs> okay. Just enough so that you don't get mad. Thank you. Uh, and yeah. And that, my friends, I think that's the X, that's the Y generation. Aren't you a Y Jenner? Uh, yeah. You're whatever. I think I'm a Y. No, we're the ones, we're like, we you're, want free time, so we don't want to work, less. really. Okay, good. We're worthless. How about you, Skyboy? <laughs> I think I just need to go stand outside a baseball stadium and start dancing. Until they invite me to be the bat boy, like then I can MC get money Hammer. From, yeah. Okay, again, we've talked about this. We've talked about this guy. Your chances of you going as a pro dancer not going to happen. I'm not trying to go as a pro dancer. I'm trying to get in as a bat boy so I can get startup money. Uh, okay, not going to happen. They're going to think that you're having a seizure, and you'll probably just be taken for medical assistance. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, that's the show. I think y'all ought to try it. Business is great. Don't give up. Get help. And you know what? There's so much online that can help you to grow your business, to be healthier, stronger. Also, take care of your family. They're really who we're working for in any way. And thanks for joining us again. We're here Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, replayed again at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM. One point. Is that, what do you say? Is that wrong? No, I think that's right. I just think it's funny that you had to look to see this. Never mind. <laughs> uh, you're fired. Okay, you're going right out. here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Shields is gear, passion, sports, and great events that help you get the most out of the activities you love. Here's what Shields is bringing you next. Are you a BYU Cougars fan? Shields is having a BYU pep rally with games, food, music, and prizes. UPS also welcomes Robbie Bosco, former BYU All-American quarterback, for a meet and greet at this event. The BYU pep rally at Shields, Friday, November 9th from 5 to 8 p.m. Seals, we're right there with you and right there in Sandy at 114th and State Street.